The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. And you're welcome back to The Last Word. It's Ian Guider in for Matt. Today, we're just under two years away from the next general election, but already there's been talks about potentially who might be coalition partners. Could a possible coalition of left-wing parties be put together? What would it look like? What would they do? And would vested interests in the state let it take office? Well, people before profit have been taking a look at that today. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Dunleary TD Richard Boyd Barrett. Richard, a very good evening to you and thank you very much for joining us. We'll get on to some of the claims you've made about whether a government would be allowed to take office if they were made up of left-wing parties. But just set out your stall as to what a coalition would do. Well, I I think the the pamphlet makes a number of arguments. First of all, it makes the argument that uh, the Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil establishment that we've had for 100 years have had their chance and they failed us on the most basic things like housing, like so healthcare. We would, for example, build multiples of the numbers of public and affordable ho- homes that the government are building or intend to build because we think the main reason we have a housing crisis is because they reduced public and affordable housing to a trickle, uh, particularly during the austerity period. Um, they have allowed private developers to run amok, so we would... Uh, essentially uh, bring in laws that would prohibit speculation, land hoarding, sitting on empty property, Uh, we would control rents, we would prevent things like no-fault evictions. Um, uh, So, in other words, we would challenge the market priorities that have created this housing a disaster that people are suffering at the moment. Similarly, in areas like healthcare, we think that at the root of the crisis in our health system is uh, the two-tier system. In other words, if you have money, you can get decent healthcare in this country, but if you don't, you will be waiting for, you know, potentially years on waiting lists or days or, you know, half a day or a day on a trolley in a hospital. So we think that kind of inequity flows from the fact that... for-profit interests are making a lot of money out of private health care, or if you take the energy and cost of living crisis, we would nationalise the energy system so that it was run on a not-for-profit basis to uh, deal and eliminate the rampant profiteering that we've uh, seen during the current cost of living uh, crisis, but indeed which can be traced back to the privatisation and deregulation of the energy sector. We haven't actually privatised the energy sector. ESB is still in state ownership. We we haven't privatised the ESB, but we have privatised energy supply and production. But we still own the network grid. It is important to point that out on the gas grid as well. No, that is true. No, we own own the network on the gas grid. But we changed the mandate of the ESB to operate uh, in a what is now a deregulated market where profit dictates uh, the Just prices and where we've lots of private uh, private operators we'll, we'll operating. Come back to prof- we'll come back to profitability. I'll let you get a few more in of what you would do here because I've gone through the 32-page document myself as well. So yeah. get, get in a few more things you do. Uh, we would 
for example, if you take things like education, we would remove all financial obstacles to accessing education at every level. That would mean getting rid of all student fees at every level of education. We would introduce a national childcare system where... You'd bring the pension age back down to 65. You'd increase the minimum wage to €15 an hour and you'd put on a 20% corporation tax profit and a tax for anybody with over a million euro. That is a radical agenda, you would say so yourself. How's it all going to be paid for? Well, you mentioned the last item, and that would be one of the key ways of doing it. And it's interesting that the wealth tax that we're proposing, as well as increased corporate tax, would generate, first of all, billions of And euros. there will be companies here to pay it who wouldn't flee to other jurisdictions where the corporation tax no, rate would be much lower. Uh, well, actually, there isn't many places where it's much lower. Well, well it's we going have... to be 15% around the world. That's what everybody has signed no, up to. No, it's not. 15% is the minimum rate uh, around the world in the OECD process. But in fact, most countries, including places like the United States and Britain, and most countries in Europe have very considerably higher corporate tax rates. So it's that the 15% is a minimum rate. And it was precisely, uh, I think, campaigned for by social justice groups and tax justice groups because countries like Ireland were operating as tax havens uh, and uh, uh, creating a race to the bottom where these enormously profitable corporations were are paying next to no tax. So that is completely unjust when you look at the extraordinary uh, inequalities in wealth that has now generated, which are growing every year. And it's very interesting. To be, that Oct- to be in power and to implement any of these policies, you'd need a bigger party. And in this document today, or in this pamphlet today, mm-hmm. you say that you would possibly look at Sinn Féin, but you would have concerns about Sinn Féin's agenda because, of course, Sinn Féin have moved more to the centre on this because they realise people perhaps wouldn't vote for some of these radical things because they don't think they're not possible to finance them. It would deter investment and also some of them are just not realistic. Sinn Féin have recognised where voters are. Well, uh, first of all, I think what we actually say is that there's a choice for uh, politics in this country, that we either can continue the cycle of parties of the left propping up Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, and that has been a total disaster for the Green Party and Labour Party, or we could do something we've never done in Irish politics, which is establish a left government and break the cycle of Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. I want to get Uh, on to some other things as well you say in this document, because I think some of it matters to a lot of people in the media. You say that the media, and you mentioned two organisations, you mentioned RT and the Irish Times, would be aghast at a left-wing government and you can't trust the media in this country. Well, actually, what we're doing is putting in the context of what's happened in both recent years and historically where left-wing governments have come to power or have challenged seriously for power. And um, you mentioned one of them being Greece, where the Syriza party took power. Yeah. And I remember being in Greece at the height of the banking crisis over there, mm. where people were queuing up in the streets to, get there, to try and take what little money they could out because of that government being in power. Uh, no, well, that's, that's a pretty odd interpretation of it. I think what actually happened is we had a huge international financial crash that was precipitated by the greed of banks and developers globally. Uh, and then Greece and many other countries, including Ireland, Italy and many others, paid a very, very bitter price for that. And when a, a government came to power in Greece that was challenging, threatening to burn the bondholders, which was the right thing to have done, uh, uh, they, the European Union effectively 
basically told the Greek people they would sabotage the Greek economy. Uh, and Yanis Varoufakis, who was the finance minister at the time, has, has explained that in great I detail. I saw him right off on his motorcycle from the Department of Finance in Greece in Athens the morning after the referendum. You've, there was something here, and there is, there is something to this, and the reason I bring this up is you're also making claims in this that people from... Portmark Golf Club to the Shelburne Hotel B also, again, would be shocked at these policies and perhaps the organs of the state would try to prevent you taking power in a left-wing government. What actual basis do you have for that? Every single time uh, a left government has challenged for power or gone into power, there have been moves by elements, I want to stress this, by elements in the state and elements uh, in the media and vested interests uh, to prevent those governments uh, actually changing things. Syriza is one example. Recently, where there's been an enormous scandal that has horrified the Spanish people, where uh, it has been revealed that the centre-right party in Spain collaborated with elements in the police uh, and the media to plant completely untrue stories about Podemos, the left-wing party, there being financed. Isn't it the case, Richard, that, that, isn't it so, the case well, that when you mention all of these things that people are against you, when you come out with policy proposals that people look at and think you're not actually going to be able to finance this that's why there hasn't been a left-wing government elected it is the basis of the policies that people are looking at and think these cannot be serious yeah well i I think that's obviously the right-wing argument uh, which is that uh, it's not possible to provide everybody with affordable housing that's why we have a housing crisis i don't accept that we are one of the richest countries in the world uh, and we can well afford if wealth is distributed in a fair way to provide secure affordable housing for everybody to provide decent health care for everybody to provide affordable child care for everybody to deal with you know unaffordable energy bills these are things that are entirely doable in uh, in a very very wealthy country but only if you redistribute the wealth in a fair way and Which i know these policies would you compromise on to get into government? Well, I'm not going to compromise on anything that fails to deliver on basic things. I mean, if in so, if Mary Lou Macdonald became Taoiseach after the next election, or required votes to be Taoiseach after the next election, along with a coalition of other independents and smaller parties, you wouldn't vote for it. No, we, we made clear. In fact, we were one of the few parties that absolutely made clear the last time around that we would and did vote for Mary Lou MacDonald as, uh, as Taoiseach. Um, and we would do the same again if that meant providing an alternative government to Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. But we are going further in this pamphlet and saying that if we actually want to ch- transform our society and not simply change the government, that what we need to do is adopt policies that are going to uh, actually address the housing crisis, the health crisis, the uh, cost of living crisis, and that is going to re- require quite radical measures. And I think okay. we're we're challenging, I suppose, people to a debate. We want to provoke a debate about what well, is necessary. We've had a good one. We've had a good one here. Richard Boyd Barrett, Dunleary TD, and People Before Profit TD as well. Thank you very much for joining us. Let us know your views. We'll get to some of your comments, but keep them coming in. Oh eight seven four one hundred one zero two. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.